Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Shopstool podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. This is episode number 14. My name is Robin Lewis from RobinLewisMakes.com. I'm joined by Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks. Hello. And Jordan Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. Hello. We live stream the recording on YouTube every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time or UTC plus 10. Or you can watch or listen to it later on YouTube, iTunes or SoundCloud. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat. We'll get your comments towards the end of the show, but feel free to chat amongst yourselves as we go. The idea being that this is also a place for people to meet. So I've just got a couple of announcements. We, we got a fair bit of love over the last week from everyone. Um, David, as a party, hi guys, just wanted to say great job with these podcasts. Uh, Trent left us a question, which I'll, I'll, we'll get to later, um, and just say keep up the good work. Rob Parker, love having an Australian twist on things. Uh, Jay Smith wanted to say hi from Brisbane. Brett Guthrie, love the, the comment. Burn marks or makers marks from last week's show. And uh, Rob McKinnon, fantastic information. So yeah, we had a lot of cool comments coming over the week. Cool. So thanks very much, guys. Really do appreciate that. All right. Um, so before we get into this week's episode topic, let's do a quick rundown of what everyone's working on. I'm going to switch things up a bit. And uh, Jordan, do you want to do you want to go first oh. for a change? Oh, I don't like change. Uh, <laughs> yep, let's do it. This week, uh, well, no one no one really knows this yet. I'm leaving on Saturday for a few weeks to go out on a job interstate. So it's just been a quick tidy up week. Um, mm. So as far as things I've been making, I made a wine box for a client. They just wanted a really quick and easy box for a wedding present uh, to put a magnum bottle in. So I made that with a little engraving. Uh, what else? I've made a couple of chopping boards. So while on the way, hopefully a few of those will sell and uh, top up the piggy bank. Um, and I think that's about everything for my making, but I have been doing a lot of, you know, catch-up stuff. Like I've done my bookkeeping today, so I'm up to date, uh, and I've been trying to convince myself that it's a good idea to buy a really big laser cutter from <laughs> China. <laughs> How because, big is that? How big is big? Uh, it's a 1.3 meter by 900 mil cutting area. Nice. Uh, and yeah, and I'm I'm really keen because I can get this thing landed for five grand. It's a special price. It's not the usual price, obviously. Um, and my current laser cutter, it's a bit too small for my surfboard kits, and I've just uh, arced out the power supply, which <laughs> means that power supply no longer works. Um, so I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth me doing it because I think I could get some work through it and I could definitely use it for a lot of tasks, especially it's a cutter, like, not just an engraver, right? Yeah, proper cutter. So 130 watt um, yeah, well, cutter. So it would be able to cut 17 mil plywood very slowly, but yeah, it would cool. be able to do it. Plywood yeah. or is that anything, seven, any wood 17 mil? Uh, I don't, I don't know well, how lenses work at all, except yeah, on that's probably plywood. Um, it would do, yeah, I'd say softwoods or just not very dense would be mm. fine. But really what I see myself using it for mostly is uh, the surfboard kits because I still get emails about them weekly. Okay. Uh, so if I, can, if I have a machine that size, I can literally cut four kits at a single time and mm. wrap them up and send them out the door. And also doing signage in my own packaging and all that sort of stuff could be cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. 
that is something I'm trying to both convince myself to do, which I think I will, because um, I will be able to get a bit of money for my laser once it's fixed, and I'll sell my X-Carve and all that sort of yeah, stuff for it. Just speaking about the X-Carve, um, so in my workshop, my father-in-law has got a full-size CNC right. uh, from CNC router parts, and he's actually mounted a laser onto the gantry as well. So is that a diode or a CO2? Uh, so I wouldn't like, like to pretend like I know what that means. Like uh, it's, really just a, it's really just an engraver. You can't really yeah. cut with it at this point. But um, the idea that we could engrave a full sheet of plywood with whatever you want is pretty cool. Having it having it being able to cut would be even cooler. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's a way that you could marry two things together as well, like and have a bigger surface. I guess it's a whole lot more work, but. Well, the, this machine, uh, how do I say, it's got the panels on it, which you remove, so you can pass through. Right through, yeah, so, cool. Yeah, so 1.3 meters wide, so I can but, still slide a flash sheet onto it. Yeah, infinitely uh, long. Yeah, and like if I just do it so on whatever I'm engraving, I do two witness marks at either corner. Yeah. When I slide it through, I line them up with the next yeah, yeah. You know, uh, program. So it would be really cool. It's just it takes up a fair bit of space, obviously. Yeah. Um, which I've got, I have got somewhere I can put it. It's just how quickly will I get the return from it? And mm. All of that sort of jazz. And I, I've got it down to about thirty jobs, which wouldn't be. This not be hard. No, yeah. not at all. Um, yeah, but that's my impulse. <laughs> buying split update yeah so is it is it a case of it's it's when not if at this stage well the price itself was only going to be valid for like 30 days mm. um, so it is a matter of Find when it. i can actually pay for it because uh. yeah like i think i'll i'll get most of the cash for it from selling my current laser, my X-Carve. I've also got a few trailers which I no longer need with the truck and I've been meaning to flog for year, like the year since I've had it. Just <laughs> haven't done it. Um, That'd be almost all of it. Yeah, it'd be almost everything paid for. Yeah. So it was just I was planning on putting all of my money from this job I'm going away for onto my debt, not, my, right. <laughs> not onto my toys. So Creating more debt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. Cool. What about right. you, Robin? Well, well um, I've had another, unfortunately, quiet week. Um, just day job taking up time. But there's two things that I have done this week. One of them is extremely important. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen I finally feel like I've got my SketchUp um, uh -huh. wings on. Yeah, I did say that. Wow. Man, like I, when you guys said to me last week, or, or the week before, I can't remember, was when we mm. talked about the design phase. You said that it's it's really easy to learn. At that stage, I'd only ever looked at it for probably ten minutes, and I thought these guys are <laughs> these guys are talking rubbish. It's, I've looked at this. This is really difficult. It's not going to take me that time. But literally, one video mm. um, by a guy. I'll, I'll actually put that in the um, in the description for this video. I watched one video and then obviously figured out stuff along the way. Two hours later, I designed the the cot for my for my baby coming in June. And it was amazing how the the stuff you learn in the beginning, just it's easy. The, the way it evolves into the more complicated stuff is just like it's it's so simple. Yeah. And so yeah, um 
put together a whole cot all to scale and yeah wow um awesome. one thing i was so amazed by was that obviously how simple it is to work um but how now i can see why people use it it's so cool to see what you're thinking about and being able to make changes <laughs> to a real life well you know a, a, a life size or whatever scale model yeah. of um what you're looking at. Oh, so and good. you can like you can actually work out a complex piece of a project and go and look at it upside down inside out backwards see see what part they're going to touch other parts and it really is just genius yeah mm-hmm. yeah so the are you sorry go john have, i was just going to ask have you like dived into the components and groups mm-hmm. and all of that with your uh, progress so far yeah and it was, and this is what I talk about that progression, how it was simple to make that progression. Cause I got to a point where I'd started pulling extruding shapes and I thought, but now I want this to be, now I want this to be a shape. So it's going to be something like a group or a component, right? Ah, mm. oh, component, ah, oh, make components. Right. Easy done. Yeah. So now all my legs are legs, all yeah. my rails are rails. And I didn't even have to look at a video for that. It just yeah. made yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Cool. it's really enjoyable, that's for sure. Yeah, so a perfect example, on the cot that I'm making, it's 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 basically Macromona's design. Um, right. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and say any of it is is intelligent <laughs> on my part. But the one thing that he did was his rails are rectangular stock, and yeah. so when you're looking at it front on, his his legs are in this orientation as opposed to this orientation, right? Yeah. Yep. When I was designing it, I accidentally turned them around. Okay. I'm um, just not thinking about it. I was just, I was just going along, and I got to the point where I wanted to put the mattress rails on. And I went, "Hang on, this is not going to make sense." And I would never have picked that up if I just, if I hadn't used SketchUp. Making it, yeah. Yeah, I would have just gone ahead and made it. Got to that point and gone, "Oh crap!" Now yeah. I've got to work around this. Um, so yeah, it was. There was that moment of this is why people, people use it. Yep. It's awesome. awesome. Really cool. So other than that, um, I've been trying to get the stock for this and I've decided to use Maranti, mm, cool. which I think I'm a bit nervous because it's pretty soft. It's a lot softer than I thought it was going to be, mm. but it is fairly cheap, which is why I'm doing it. Um, Cause all in all, like just for the stock, it's coming up to like 300 bucks, yeah. which is Sometimes not expensive. Babies are soft too. So, <laughs> exactly. he, or he won't dent it. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh well, I thought you meant more from the perspective of it, you know, collapsing. From the, from that point of view, <laughs> right, it's, yeah. it's a family heirloom. You know, it's, I, I'm happy to put some money into it, but I priced it in Tassie Oak, and that was twice the price. <laughs> and the reason why I'm, I'm looking at Tassie Oak and Maranti is those are all um, uh, you can get them from Bunnings dressed because as i said right. after my dining table i don't don't want to do any milling on this project i just want to put it together <laughs> and um so the but the problem is is bunnings doesn't stock that much maranti right so i went out last night and got everything that i could the bits that weren't bananaed and i'm about a quarter of the way through my stock so i said to him well, when are you guys gonna get more oh probably two weeks yeah. later so I think I'm just going to have to drive around Bunnings, uh, drive around Townsville to all the different yeah. Bunnings that we have to try and just. Yeah, how how many Bunnings do you have in Townsville? That's a few, isn't there? It's either two or three. I'm not sure. Because I think one's being built sort of 50 Ks from, or maybe 20 Ks from where I am. But there's definitely two um, functioning, right. one main one and then one 
sort of smaller one. Because cool. there's a Gunnison's maybe. I think there's a Gunnison's in Townsville. And they, I mean, on the West Coast anyway, they have huge amounts of stock, usually of Maranti and, you know, that general grade construction stuff. Uh -huh. So maybe look into that. Have you got an ABN? Yes, I do. Yeah, so you can even ask them just for a trade price list and they'll, they'll send through what they have. I've used them a lot of times over here. They've been great. Um, Gunnison. Yeah, I might yeah. look into that then. Because yeah. uh, the, the other do problem is... Well, is that I don't, it's not that I don't trust the Bunnings material. It's just, it, it's, it's like, it's not balsa wood, but it's pretty light. And I'm a bit nervous about that. Yeah. yeah. That Gunnison's place, uh, we have a Gunnison's here, but they are specialist in plywood. Is that the same as? Yeah. Yeah. Place? So ours, ours is, yeah. Gunnison is my, one of my plywood suppliers, okay. but there's general same. construction and all sorts huh. over here. Yeah. yeah. They only do plywood here. Oh, right. And it's only trade, like no one knows No one knows about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to have an ABN over here still. Yeah. But, you know, they I do too, one order a year and they're fine with that as long as I have the ABN. Yep. They do have a chair. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. All right, yeah, well, that's cool. Cheers, I might... Um, yeah, give it a crack anyway. It's worth, worth saying. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> the problem is it's going to take me weeks to accumulate all of the stock at this rate. So I have to <laughs> wait for them to keep building up there yeah anyway so that's it from me uh joey what's, okay. what's been going on with you uh finishing off the kitchen just finished it today and funnily enough had a client walk in the door yesterday and saw the kitchen and said right i'll have one of those <laughs> so i'm off to his place tomorrow morning to measure up and so this uh, kitchen is this at your house no no i'm doing it so i'm doing a kitchen for a client ah. at the moment just finished it and um, so, because I, I just I had all the prices in my head, I had everything. And so I was able to just tell this guy it's going to cost this. Well, this is how much this one cost. This is how we make it. This is all the cool things you get. And he said, yep, come to my house tomorrow and um, measure it up. You can start it next week. So I was like, okay, I'll just squeeze awesome. that in. <laughs> um, I bet. Um, so I, I think I talked last week about. Um, uh, someone being interested in the chairs that I built, a retailer. Mm. He's now also interested in the walnut sofa that I built. Um, and so he wants not a three-sided version, just like a, a standard kind of three-seater uh, version. So I'm looking at pricing that or working out a way that it might be manufacturable to do multiples. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. Um but more interesting, so this is a couple of stories about why you don't want to work or how why it's so difficult working for big construction companies. Um, so the first one, uh, very prestigious school, uh, high school, I think, yeah, it's a high school in uh, Auckland. Uh, they're adding on a giant building and they had to cut down a pretty big remu tree um, and they're, it's, a, it's a bit of a side project. It's not in the scope of the building at all. They just suddenly have this pretty large tree that they uh, are thinking about getting furniture built uh, out of. And so I get a phone call from this guy from the construction company saying, give me a price. What's it going to cost for you to make a table? I'm like, <laughs> okay, a um, little more information. <laughs> um, so then I finally get... 
that the tree's just been cut down and what's the fastest way? Can we have furniture in a month? You know, what's, what is the deal? Um, so it turns out that the guy I'm talking to is kind of five tiers down the chain of commands. And I, I'm like, well, let me just talk to the person who's making decisions here. I'm not allowed to do that. I've got to deal with this guy and he forwards my email on and then that guy forwards it on and so forth and so forth. Um, so it turns out what they had, somebody had drawn the tree in CAD, the log that had been felled, and split it into like 25 mil planks in CAD, right? And then so they had this huge file and each layer had been split and and they had like... Uh, allocated all these planks out of the tree to make stuff. Oh, wow. Because that's the way like drying works. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. 100% yeah. No allowance for any kerf, no allowance for any deviation in the straightness of the timber. Or, um, so I end up getting this big, long, like a massive thread of emails of, like of all these five different people talking with some, I don't even know who all these people are. Um, but I just, it was, I ended up talking to someone a couple of tiers up the ranks today about it. Um, uh, but it's just, it's so typical of big construction companies who are just um, tendering out, trying to get a tender price in. And they're just, give me a price, give me a price. And then, oh, it just has to be an estimate. Okay. And then they'll ring you back and say, that quote you gave me before, um, you know, does it still stand if we change something? I'm like, well, uh, I didn't give you a quote for a stat. Like, this is, we're just talking random numbers. You know, the tree is still just laying down on the ground. Like, we're hmm. months away from hap- anything happening here. Um, so I thought it was just a really interesting uh, kind of insight as to these guys don't care. <laughs> they just want a price and they just want to move on. Like, um, Sorry, d- now I don't know if you said this in the beginning. Is the tree still green? It's just been chopped down. So they know that there's going to be a, what, six to 12 month. So, yeah, I mean, they've had now, finally, they've had discussions with the local Sawyer, who's um, actually, I know through my YouTube channel, he's a really good guy. He's almost a local to me. Um, So, and I ended up calling him and saying, what do you know? Um, So the other interesting aspect to this is that it turns out they're going to have about, maybe three cubic meters of usable timber, which is a huge amount. Um, That's a big trick. Yeah. The school is saying they were under the impression they would only have enough timber to make one tabletop. And so there... Someone was trying to score there on the side. Well, who knows what, you know, uh, and I, that's why I said, well, there's no point in me quoting one tabletop. You're going to have enough timber to, you could furnish your whole school all the furniture in this dorm room, you know, like yeah. you can make whatever you want. And so that kind of threw a spanner in the works and uh, people were scrambling for what are we going to do with all this spare timber? And um, so I have no idea what's happening with that. The whole thing is just crazy. But um, so that's one awesome story about um, construction companies not knowing what they're talking about. Just one more thing before we push up from there. So you, you in that situation, you just want to talk to the person making the decisions. I wanted to talk to the actual client and see what do you want? 
Are you, do you actually just want one dining table or would you rather have a whole suite or would you rather have a couple of, you know, what, what do you want? And then let's see if there's enough timber for that. What style? I can't give you a price unless I, you know, I need a, some mm. kind of reference here. So I'm just picking out numbers in thin air saying, you know, yeah, sure, I can make a dining table for three grand probably. Like, who knows? That's, um, isn't that what we discussed last week? Never doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, but, the reason I'm asking that question is because, I, you know, the, this this is something that the listeners might come across sometime yeah. in the future. Because I know, Joey, you've said to me before, I must be very careful if I yeah. do commercial jobs. Yeah. Um, and this is, I guess, something that you've got to be aware of that you might either have to deal with that chain of command or just say, no, nope, yeah. not for me. Uh, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind dealing with the chain of command if that person can just give me a drawing give me some information that is useful that we can all agree on this is what is being priced for the only reason i felt semi-comfortable giving some numbers over the phone is because nothing's happening until this tree is dry we're at least mm. three four five months away so yeah. any prices i give a void void like within a month all this is just nothing so yeah. i don't mind just giving some random numbers so um, so kind of in a juxtaposition from that, another construction company got in touch with me and they wanted some very large MDF boxes, just, just really boring, clear coated MDF. Um, I know I won't go into what they're for, but essentially just stupid big boxes, um, awful sizes. You can only get one piece out of each sheet of MDF. So it was just all off cuts, just terrible stuff. Um, so anyway, I came out with the price, 3000 plus GST. And so I get a phone call back the next day. And the guy says, look, the other quote we got is more than double yours. So just on the, on the down low, add another thousand bucks on for yourself. Wow. And wow. you've got the job. Good dude. Good. I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. I was like, Oh, all right. Um, that's very nice. Um, and then he said, oh, we uh, only pay on the 20th of the month. Don't take, won't pay your deposit. We won't pay in seven days. So I said, well, I need a deposit. It's not, I'm not doing it without a deposit. And he said, oh, well, maybe we could use a, a work business card or some uh, credit card to, to pay you the deposit. I was like, okay, but I still need my final payment in seven days. He said, no, it'll be the 20th of the month. So I just said, no, can't do it. I, I won't take it on. Could you not have sort of pushed him to say, well, let's just do the job later on in the month? Or did he need it? He needed it. Uh, it was based on their timeline. Like it had to be, it was like yeah. a three-day window when they needed the stuff. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so whatever, know, whatever date that was didn't matter. So. Hmm. Yeah, there's a military fabricator just down the road. Like the, he's not military, but he does a lot for the military. But they have the same um, policy: the certain day of every month, there's no yeah. upfront yeah. payments, no nothing. And yeah, he, I mean, he obviously bases his work around that, so he can plan for it. But yeah. still, I mean, it's not. It's pretty standard for commercial big companies to do this: the payment system. But I, I think it's really not worth your while as a small maker. I mean, I consider nah. myself pretty small time still. Um, it's not worth being out of pocket for a month for a job that's going to cost me 1500 bucks out of my pocket to buy the materials. Mm. Um, 
it's just not worth it when especially yeah. when construction companies come and go pretty quickly <laughs> yeah so, um, <laughs> a buddy of mine works um for the, the cranes down adelaide and he does work for pretty big jobs and he says it's just crazy the way yeah. these guys just just businesses just liquidate done yeah yeah, it's just yeah, and and then you're locked out. Literally, you're locked out of the job site, and you can't go in and get anything that's yours. Mm. So that's yeah, they're just it's not cool. So my advice is just don't do it. It's not worth even if you did um, broke and you need the job. It's not worth it, in my opinion. So bottom line, did he is is that a job? Oh uh, yeah, he just said that's fair enough. I'll just go to the other guy and pay them more. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather lose money. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, like if, if that's the way he operates, that's the way he operates. I guess oh, that's that right. everyone just shakes hands and walks away. That's right. I mean, everyone was happy. It's just, okay, you can't do it. Fine. I guess they get it fairly often. But <laughs> yeah. well, then there's Joey just sitting in the corner with a small tear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joey wasn't happy. <laughs> and, you know, and it would have been a nice way to make a little buck because making an MDF box takes about five minutes. Yeah, exactly. But, right. You know, well, these were big, so let's say 20 minutes. But even then, it's like, you know, just going to say no sometimes. Yeah. Which probably leads on to the topic a little bit. Did you have any um, sort of, uh, was that the story for the topic, Joey, or did, was this something no, particular? But that just happened to happen this week. <laughs> right, okay. So basically the, the topic that we're going to talk about tonight is when stuff goes wrong in the shop, but more, it, it could end up a bit broader than that, but basically mm. when stuff goes wrong, when you've got to deal with clients that are tricky <laughs> and basically, and, and you know, the, all those scenarios like when you run out of, I guess when your confidence is a bit down, my case, as more of the hobbyist, it's just about finding time is like my biggest issue. So, yeah. Mm. Um, was there anything that you had in particular, Joey, that you wanted to start well, off with? I just thought, um, so when, I guess my experience with when things go wrong is, is not very often. I don't recall ever having a job that is just completely turned to shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like I'm sure there's been t like days where, like I cut things in half that shouldn't be cut in half, but I can go and get another piece of timber and that's just part of being human. When So most of my experiences with things going wrong is when there's an issue with a client and the client's, I guess it comes down to expectations to a certain degree and I guess communication. I always feel like I have really top-notch communication I'm not always telling clients where the job's at and like I say I give them drawings so they know exactly what I'm going to be making um, but there are a handful of times when this stuff doesn't go very nicely so one example that people would be able to look at on YouTube is my neoclassical tables which are probably at least a year old if not more at the moment um, it's a really cool big French oak table with big turned pedestal legs and delivered it. By the time I got home, there's an email saying, you're a professional. How come you made this so badly? Um, I can't get seats all the way around my table. Where So the pedestal, so this, this table had kind of a double pedestal in the form of an H frame, kind of like a, um, a farmhouse table type thing. Right. 
um, if you picture like a gothic style banquet table, is kind of what it was. Um, and so they're very close to the ends. The legs are very close to the ends of the table. And so you can't sit on the end of the table, which is the whole style. It's designed to be set from the long sides. And that's what all the drawings showed as far as I could tell. But so I get there and she said, this is meant to be an eight seater and I can only get three seats down each side. And uh, actually she didn't say any of this. This is all in the email. When I delivered it, everything was happy. She was mm -hmm. great. Loved it, which is always nice. Uh, so it became a, and I read this email and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the initial reaction is, you know, angry and you say some bad words and like, you know, it's in the drawings and then you start, and then you start to second guess yourself and like, shit, what did I actually send her? So what you got to go I back done? and, yeah. So you got to <laughs> go back and look at the drawings you actually sent and what did you actually write? Did you say, did you mistype something to give a wrong impression, you know? Um, and in this case, it was obvious to me, but not conclusive, the drawings showing that there wasn't enough room for a chair to be put on the end. Ah, right. I couldn't, I couldn't have seen, I couldn't have printed the picture off and said to her, here, here's the proof because the angle just wasn't like hundred percent conclusive that there wasn't enough space there. Right. Um, and so it was on me then to go and pick up the table and I had to, uh, what did I have to do? I had to cut the stretcher out, throw it away, make a new stretcher, rejoin it, shift the legs apart, and, and I had to, so there was lots of patching work. There was mortises to be filled, and uh, I, don't, I don't actually think, don't think it took that long, but I had to spend, you know, the better part of a day fixing it, painting it, staining it, then um, delivering it again. And just that awkwardness. Um, so did it end up with four down either side or did you get the heads? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I ended up having to shorten the legs. I don't know why right. I should extend it. Um, <laughs> we ended up. So what happened though is that it completely changed the scale of it, all the proportions were out. So yeah. she, she could get her chairs all the way around this table. But when you stood back and looked at it, it just looked like it could topple over, like the legs were too close together. And the, really the table should have been another kind of half meter longer to mm. allow for that. And um, so from that point of view alone, you could almost hold up the picture and say, look, this looks nothing like that when you look at the proportions of it. Um, and so because I, I really should have said, look, you're going to have to pay for this this is an extra now you're changing the scope here. Um, and so that's a very difficult conversation. And it's not very often that you actually get to say, look, you're going to have to pay extra now. I hate saying that uh, because I feel like it's, whenever I give somebody a quote, that's the price that's not going to change. Yeah. yeah. But as soon as you say, uh, uh, oh, I need to change the color or you know, can we just make it slightly longer and you've just docked all your timber like that minute and you're like, um, no, we can't make it any longer now. Like this is the length, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's when you say, right, you're going to have to pay something that money here. So, and I guess that situation is a bit tricky as well. Cause it's not like she said, I want my white table to now be green. It was, yeah. Oh, there was a bit of a misunderstanding. So 
See, yeah. I've had, I've had something similar almost happen, except I managed to spot it before it actually started getting built. Okay. So what I ended up doing is I, I drew it out again in SketchUp and I drew in like the 450 by 450 cubes in SketchUp and I laid it out around the table and I was like, oh, this is going to be too tight. <laughs> and then I contacted the client and said, I didn't realize that you weren't wanting to use the ends. Uh, right. So we got to redo a little bit of the design blah, blah, and I caught it. But since doing that, uh, I've actually made sure I put the 450 by 450 cubes with adequate yeah. spacing on one side of the table mm-hmm. and then like at the ends in one of the proofs. So then I've got the, the seat represented. It's not the seat, but it's yeah. a pretty pretty standard seat. Yeah, I've um, never done that because well, I've never really thought to do that, I suppose, because generally a client will come to me and say, I want the table to be this size because it's going to fit yeah. in space. So you're like, all right, well, that's that's the size of the table. You can put it. Ah, so they don't say, I want a six-seater or an eight-seater. I've never had that, actually. It's just okay. yeah, we've got this the size. Saying I want it to be um, like twenty one fifty by eight hundred. So well, it's pretty narrow, but yeah. oh, you're not yeah. using the ends, then that's fine. Mm. Um, but I've had it quite a few times with stance behind me now, is because that's only a that's a six seater, but it's two on either side in the ends. Yeah. And people say, oh, I want that, but can you make it two point one meters instead of one point eight? I said I can do that, but how many people are you wanting to seat? Because yeah. it's still not going to extend. To three people on the sides, right? Um, which you know, it will do it at two point two, but not at two point one. Mm. So I, uh, I always offer them an alternative design if they need that. Yeah. So I, I was um, curious, I suppose, because I've had probably, I think I can think of maybe five jobs in seven odd years that where I've had to just walk away and say, keep the money. Or mm. here's some money back. Like, like no, there's not when we're, we're like come to a brick wall. Like you're not negotiating. You're not. You're not listening. Mm. Not just that's it. Um, I mean, is that kind of thing ever happened to you, George? Uh, it's hap- I've been tempted, but I've never had to actually do it. So the closest I did come is when I cut my finger last year. Right on that countertop, and that would be probably my most hellish client to date as well not that he was a bad guy it's just hospitality people are how can you be so inconsiderate to cut off your finger while you're trying to do my building (laughs) yeah and well the thing that annoyed me about about it was it was the last minute edition of an infill that he needed and i was working late because it had to be installed the next day but you know i got there with that that build and he had a drinks mix uh rinser sorry a drink rinser that he wanted inlaid into the bench top, which I wasn't told about. I needed to cut a recess for the conduit, which I knew about, but I didn't know the location, so I came with everything for that. But then there was the the steel frame that he put it onto. He told me it was between two walls, so I allowed a scribing area to get it all done, and there was no two walls. So I didn't need <laughs> to do that. So my scribe area, which I allowed, was, you know, I have the bevel. I do the two-degree bevel, pretty yeah. standard. Uh, so then that bevel was hard up against a wall and it looked like shit. Uh, sorry, this is PG. It looked like uh, ugly. So I had to, yeah, it was back and forth. And I ended up, this was all with one hand out of action as well. 
So, yeah, well, I was very tempted to just say, sorry, I'm going to give you your money back. I'm keeping the I'm keeping the wood because it was a nice size countertop. I could make a few tables out of it. Yeah. Um, but luckily, my old man came to the rescue and I taught so, him how to use a router and stuff properly. <laughs> I and think maybe a good way to go here is when obviously you're talking to the client at first, you're think like you're you're always judging. You're trying to gauge what kind of person they are. Generally, is it worth my time? Are they serious? And obviously, at some point, all the boxes get ticked and you say, right, this person seems legitimate and they're going to pay me what I'm worth to do the job. At what point do you decide that, God, I shouldn't have taken this job because, you know, suddenly as soon as, you know, the money comes in for the deposit, things start getting, you know, demanding or um, was there a point where you were like, oh, this is no good? (laughs) Uh, Yes, it was around the point where you rang me for the fourth time changing what was needed right. for that particular job. Now, I don't want to be generalizing here because I'm sure it's not the case. But in my experience, this is my lawyer speak coming go. out. <laughs> Wait for Every it. hospitality job I've done, mainly cafes, I haven't really done anything other than cafes, have been just rat races. Like they're the most <laughs> difficult clients because they work at night. They don't work during the day. So you can't deal with them easily and they don't ever have a clue of just what they actually need like every time i've had something which is quite a big deal be presented to me on install day um you know but yeah i I just find it's always with hospitality something little in their mind is actually something very big uh I, i don't know if if that's the case with everyone or it's just me being unlucky but yeah, generally, yeah. I find almost every client when I've done anything that's built in, oh, we'll finish the install and say, oh, great, this, everything looks good. And, oh, as soon as you're here, and you've got your drills out, which I haven't. I just packed it all up and put it in the van. <laughs> yeah, I have them out. Yeah. Um, can you just uh, – so <clears throat> a while ago, I installed the wardrobe in, right in the middle of the city. Everything was packed away, four stories down in the van. Oh, as soon as you're here, which I, again, I wasn't, I was leaving. Can you put like three catches on my windows, drill a hole in the wall to put this bolt in so I can hang a thing off the wall? Oh, so I'm your handyman now. Yeah, it was literally all the handyman jobs that hadn't been done for four years. And you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I've allowed to be here for this time. You know, so I'm getting paid for it. But at some point, you've got to, like, this is not my job at some point. But you also, it's very difficult to say, nah, stuff yeah. Like, this isn't the job. (laughs) You know? So are you talking about a scenario where they are paying you, but you don't feel like you're a handyman? Well, I say, she's employed me to drop off something else. Uh, In this case, it was a wardrobe. Um, And then when that's finished, then she says, oh, my windows sticks and I need a new latch on it and I need something else hung completely unrelated. Just because I've got the skills and the tools doesn't mean that I should be there to do it for free. You know, there's a way up of like, okay, I have actually allowed to be here for this three hour install. So another 10 minutes is okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then and you might get, it's a, it's a case of, am I going to get um, good um, reference uh, by word of mouth? 
probably if you stick around and do the job. But sometimes they're the and especially when the client's sitting over your shoulder watching every move you do, um, you know, don't scratch the paint, but put the screw in the right way. Like, oh, don't strip <laughs> the screw head out. You, you know, you're like, okay, like, yeah, this, this is a freebie. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to be like asked, oh, you're nice and tall. Do you mind changing this light bulb? Yeah, not a worry. I'm here anyway. But yeah, when it, yeah. it's, could you just refit my entire bloody <laughs> pantry door for me? <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, my door's sticking. Can you just shave a bit off the top? Oh, the yeah, no worries. I'll just go down to the van and get my tools, and that's when you start up and just drive away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully you get paid. See, that's the problem because I don't have my final payment until yeah, you got seven days or whatever. Yeah, so you're and still so trying to. I'm like, I'm still trying to like get paid. Here. Yeah. So, um, uh, Joey, do you find like? Your conversations with the clients are obviously very like it's all business, mm. but do you is is part of the problem the personality differences or is it the scope creep? Because I imagine surely there must be, you know, with without being mean, like there's going to be some clients out there who are just assholes. Well, that's you still got to work with them. <laughs> I've yeah. never encountered one of them. <laughs> so it's very difficult to talk about. Um, but I will, um, like it's, 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 you don't like to think of people as being assholes, but I I think sometimes they're not, they just don't understand what's involved Mm. um, or their expectations are so high for some reason, um, that, uh, yeah, they suddenly just, it's just crazy. Um, so one pretty good example of, of this is uh, I, I was hired to do, make three large pieces for uh, a girl. She was young, 20, mid-20s. Uh, so I was dealing, all my dealings were with her. And then on install day, she said, I'm not going to be there. My dad's at, at home and he'll let you in. Great. Dad can give me a lift with stuff out of the van. Well, it turns out that the dad was actually the money bags. He was paying for the job. His English wasn't great. Um, so I was that's why I was dealing with the daughter. All these pieces were, in fact, for her parents' house. And so the first piece came in, and there was some imming and ahhing, but generally, okay, that's okay. Um, and then... Sorry, the, has, she, has she seen these pieces at all? Has she signed no, off? They had all samples. So everything's based yes. on sample colors. Yeah. And, I, and I've got half of the sample color and she's got the other half. So I cut the sample in half. And so the second piece, the, the uh, mother comes out to the van and just says, no, take it back. I don't want it. Like, it's not good. At, oh, actually, it was the wrong color. And this is stained pine, really the darkest brown you can get. And it wasn't dark enough for her. Yeah. And I, I'm like, Literally, you can't. If we go darker than this, it's black. Oh, <laughs> we don't want black. So the only way we're going to deepen this up is to uh, just put more coats of stain on it. Said, and unless you want to pay me, and actually said this right there, it's like unless you're going to pay me to take this back, pay for my labor because I'm going to have to unload the van and, and more, all the things that go along with that. So they agreed that I could do it in their, uh, I could restain it in their garage. 
and they would pay for the extra materials, like extra stain and everything. And so I think, I can't remember how, it worked, how I did it, but I ended up having to restain it in that garage. And it was an absolute nightmare. Like, yeah. Yes, I got reimbursed somewhat, but just the fact that, like, she didn't, it was just one glance at some of these pieces and no, it's not good enough. And um, that's a, it's a perfect example of what I'm talking about because surely at some point they would have said, all right, well, you can use our garage. And you, you must have thought, you know what, the money is not worth this. Yeah, but the problem was because this job particularly was three big pieces and they said, which is not necessarily legal, but we're not paying you anything until you fix this one. And so you're... So was it just one piece they weren't happy with or all three? There was two. One of them was perfectly fine. Right. The other one had, there was a, like a burn mark from a router on a piece of molding. Oh, makes marks, yeah. Yeah, makes mark. And um, so I had to like get through the finish. It was a t like one little tiny spot. Seriously, could not see it, um, but they found it. Uh, and then, yeah, this other piece. And um, so it was a case of, okay, we're not paying you anything and for your the other final payments until you, you, you finish this. And you know, this is a considerable amount of money that I'm waiting to be paid. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, maybe just spend a couple of days, get this done, because otherwise I'm really in a whole hole. You know, even if they don't pay me for this job, I need to get paid for the other two. You could probably go to court for it, but that's more expensive still. I mean, it's yeah. just not worth it. So, yeah, that was particularly not fun week. <laughs> and if <clears throat> if they were to come back to you now and said, "Can you do another job for us?" Would you? Take absolutely it? not absolutely not because i know what their absolutely unrealistic expectations of quality even if they were to pay you a good deposit it's it's not about it's not about the money the money at this point it's about that they don't understand that you cannot build a perfect piece of furniture yeah yeah interesting so that does that does exist those sort of situations where you yeah. just say it's just not but worth it yeah. i cannot please this person and whatever i do even if it's out of my own pocket if you just I just walk away from it so i'll tell you what as a as someone who's trying to own his own business it doesn't do it yet anyone who works nine to five realizes that sometimes you've just you know the the crap comes down that's how it works and yeah. sometimes you just got to take it I cannot imagine how awesome it must be able to say. It must be must be able to say, you know what? I don't like you. I'm just not dealing with you and just walk away and that's it. Oh, that must be amazing. Yeah, it's a very big decision. It's something I would never you can never do lightly, I think, in this mm. game because mm. we're so um re uh, reliant, I think, on word of mouth for work. Yeah. And that one person has got a big family and then they've got friends and in a, in a city the size of Auckland, that might not really make a difference. But that it's still out there. <clears throat> and those pro people probably still are not recommending me to people. Um, so you've got to really weigh up that cost of long-term loss of work versus short-term loss of money and, you know, happy, unhappy clients, or is it just not going to work? No, it's a, it's a yeah. pretty, like, keeps me, it had kept me up at night a few times where what should yeah, I maybe. do that's best for the business? 
Um, so in some ways, it's much easier just to be a nine to five worker. And so oh, boss told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, zero accountability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's much quite different when you're 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 the one who's going to make that decision of um, pissing someone off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because have you ever been in the situation, particularly in early days, where you've just taken a job because you need it? And it is, you know, you're only making a couple of hundred bucks or barely even that. But you've taken it because you haven't got anything else on. You kind of need the cash, but you also look at it in the regard of this could possibly lead to more work. Yep. And it turned out absolute shit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Because, uh, yeah, that, that happened. Well, it wasn't early, but it was when I first moved into this shop yeah. um, where I did two slab benches which were massive for this this client like a commercial client uh and you know these were six grand for both of them which could have been easy but they wanted a live edge like single piece live edge and all of that so those are the jarrow ones that you had on your channel yeah so Mm -hmm. the the profit margin was nothing and then i kept getting delays from my one of my old neighbors who fabricated the base for me because he said oh i can do it really quick Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do it quick, can't you? Um, <laughs> but you didn't. So, so <laughs> yeah, he, he keeps coming to me asking if I want any more made. And I keep saying, oh, I haven't got anything that needs steel, sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I had that. Um, but it never really led to more. I had them, actually, that's a lie. Today I got a phone call from him. But I have quoted <laughs> for him again. And didn't get that job because of whatever reason. And then today, the guy um, that originally came to me rang me and he said, look, would you be interested? I know last time you were really pushed up against the ropes for the, the cost. And this time, uh, you know, give me a few few examples of what they've got going so it won't be so tight. And I was conflicted because mm. I know that I made nothing on the last one and my time is worth way more than that. Yeah. Um, but after actually talking to him and hearing that, I should be able to make an actual reasonable amount of, you know, markup That's on it. Actually, an interesting, okay. uh, an interesting little side topic. I know that we're running out of time, but um, when you have it or do work for a client and they have a certain expectation of what you cost and then two, three years later they come back and have an idea uh, and want you to make something and have a, an idea based of your previous cost. Yeah. And for me, I have been slowly steadily increasing my costs of, of what I charge. And so when someone comes back to me and like, well, this is more expensive than uh, it should have been. How come last time it was only this much? Inflation's a myth. Yeah. yeah. And so that actually I've lost a couple of jobs because of that. I I think that might be the reason why I lost the last job. Right. This, the same. I mean, they're a huge company. They've got places all over the place. So. Yeah. I was dealing with, but they wanted instead of two, they wanted three similar sized tables, but it was going in a really old place, so weight was an issue, so it had to be made out of something fairly light, uh, <laughs> but they still wanted it to be solid and all this, so I, I put a fair bit of time into quoting it, and the room was not that big either for three big tables, like it had to be perfectly sized for that room, yeah. um, and you know, my, my quote ended up being like ten and a half grand, yeah. which was really reasonable for that size table yeah. out of solid wood um yeah. but the minute i sent that through it was just dead silence no <laughs> yeah. so, okay 
Oh, yeah, fair now. enough. <laughs> and, uh, see what I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, good times. All right, well let's um, let's move on to a question. Um, I've just got one question this week. That's all we've got time for. Uh, but this came from Rod last week. He says, "I do art on thick slabs of hardwood, and with the router, I carve out the designs. The beauty is the different levels." The shadows make it a thing of beauty. Mm-hmm. The only problem is with intricate details and being on hardwood, it is impossible to get the faint router circles out. And of course, in every light reflection, they do stand out, and no, no matter how faint. So I guess I guess what you're saying there, Rod, is sort of on your inside corners, you get a bit of burning, or is no, that it? I think he's. It's a little Obviously, swell no. marks that you get from yeah. it. Ah, I think sorry. Okay. I think it's from oh. when, like, you would flatten off a slab and you get, yeah, uh, you get that little a line. shell pattern. Yeah. Um, presumably, he's not using a CNC. Uh, my suggestion would be come to my factory when I get my new laser cutter, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'll do one job for you. Hmm, a couple of grand. <laughs> So I know from a, a lot of the, the slabs that I've flattened, now obviously this is because I'm not carving, like it's easy to get into it, into all, you know, there's no corners to get into, which I guess is what you might yeah. be struggling with. But I often see guys on YouTube, they, they do the router sled and they flatten a slab and then they mm. come over with the orbital sander. There's mm. no way I can do that. It's always would, the belt first and then the orbital sander because you always yeah. end up with, with yeah. too much. That is I'll to do with um, the plumness of the spindle yeah um and we had that trouble with our cnc a little bit and it was like at such a fraction of a degree out of being plumb but once we sorted that then we could um flatten off kind of boards without that swirl mark Mm -hmm. so that's almost certainly just going to be based off that especially if you're doing it handheld you're never going to hold that bit perfectly plumb yeah Mm. um now, when he, he says carving, I assume it, because as a very, you know, I don't know what you're doing, but if you were going to carve with a CNC, you would do all your rough cutting with the biggest bit possible and then work your way down. And the last pass is would be with a 60-degree point bit, a very fine needle nose router bit. Ah. And that just makes um, thousands of passes about a millimeter apart. And then you, that just gets rid of everything, and you're just left with a texture that can be sanded down if you want to. So you're talking about on a flat surface, you'd yeah. use like a a, a, pin, a point. Yeah. But that if you you're carving, try... if you're carving, not if you're just flattening off a, a plank. Yeah, because that'd just take <laughs> that'd take too long. <laughs> like I'm I'm reading that as in I hear that question and I think it's not the flattening yeah, operation that he's he's worried about. It's actually getting into the the detailed carving. So whether it be like he's carved a shell or a dragon or something awesome like that. Yeah. Um and he's not able to clean it up to be smooth. And right. I okay. I would say the best solution for that would be to get a butt ton of scrapers and put custom profiles on it so you can just yeah. scrape the design smooth. Or if it's fairly large as in like 50 cent piece or bigger. Um, Arbitex Contour Sander. I've only played with this at demos, like, you know, that wood shows, but that thing gets into pretty small and tight detailed areas 
Uh, so it's on like a stem and it's only small rubber sort of foot. And that could be another tool to look at if it is yeah. the carving itself you're looking at cleaning up. I suppose that you could actually go a bit old school and buy a couple of carving chisels. Yeah. And just, I mean, if you're just looking at getting into the tight areas, a carving chisel is going to give you a better finish than sandpaper. So Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that about the the point. That makes so much sense, I mm. guess, because then you just you eliminate that any concern about the the plumbness. Yeah. Well, yeah. to a certain degree, yeah. Um, from from my experience, and uh, this is probably pretty straightforward, but I didn't realize it until I, I guess one of those um, what do they call it? Uh, dirty window syndrome. <laughs> you know, you're using your bit for so long, yeah. and you don't realize how blunt it's got until yeah. you put on the new bit, and then wow, you know. Um, so I guess that might help as well yeah um, do you guys sharpen your your own rider bits or do you just buy new ones i've got one that i get sharpened mm. um just because it's a really expensive like 300 dollars bit uh, but i do i do find that every time it comes back from my sharpening service it doesn't cut quite the same, the same as it used to yeah so yeah, everything else I just, you know, I buy probably about $70 out of bits. Yeah. That would be my, my upper limit generally, unless it's matched bits. And they last mm. a good while, but to me, they're consumable. Once they go dull, I just replace it with the same one. Yeah, I've got I've pretty much the same. I've got a couple of sets of really good quality CMT door, rail, and style bits. And one of them is $500 worth, and the other one I think is $300. Mm. And... I probably could get them sharpened. I, th I do know a place that would do it, but the, the chances of the profiles matching after a sharpen from just a random sharpener is just about not going to, it's never going to happen. So one of them, I only run pine with pine. So it's, this lasted me almost five years and it's still fine. Um, I, I yeah, generally find that the sharpening isn't wonderful. You can yeah. almost just, you might as well just kind of stick with a slightly blunt one for a bit longer and save up for a new one. Because it the, is difficult for them to sharpen the carbide. Yeah. Because generally they, they just flatten the back until they get the yeah, new profile. But if they go more on one side than the other, then you're still only going to be cutting on one side of that router. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty difficult geometry yeah. to get right, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, Rod, I hope that was of some value. Yep. All right, so let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, uh, I'll start today. Uh, I had a really cool video by Andy Rawls. I mentioned him earlier. But this morning, I saw an even cooler video by Johnny Brooks. He's just released a wireless charging end table, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> which is quite interesting. So um, just to see, obviously, myself having done one a couple of weeks ago, it was interesting to see how he did it um and it was so he had a whole lava edge top and right. it was thick it was really yeah. thick and i thought to myself how's he gonna do this and with his cnc he plunged must have been about 50 50 mil down yeah. for that the the charger to fit and i just thought there's no way with the cnc with the cnc obviously it's easy but there's no way i would have you know thought to go that deep into it um but yeah uh johnny brooks crafted workshop i've been on there their old podcast before super cool dude um yeah wireless charging end table did his video go uh, viral oh i don't know i don't know <laughs> i saw it this morning um but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure how it's doing 
but yeah, hopefully this will be a, a cool little trend where people all do yeah. wireless charges. I yeah. saw that uh, being built on Instagram a little bit, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was doing a, a collaboration with Evan and that's Peyton. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yes, that's right. Hmm. Uh, Joey, how about you? been watching, oh, I just found this morning, I don't know, random find on YouTube, I think you would say it, Padula Studio. It's a Sydney-based furniture maker. Uh, his latest video is an awesome oak, completely mitered desk. Like every side is mitered and it looks awesome. It's got a, you know, a drawer, push to open drawer in the middle of it. Mm, the um, drawer is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, and the way he just the way he made that drawer, the inside of that drawer is awesome. Yeah, um, go and check him out. Just a young young channel at the moment, but I can see that he's just going to shoot off and overtake everyone. So yeah, he's, he he's going to take off for you, Joey. Yeah, huh? he's going to be some competition for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He's uh, and his workshop is like a uh, that's just so clean. It's a dream workshop. That thing was insane. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, I'm jealous of him. <laughs> uh, who have I been watching? Oh, this great new channel called uh, Periodic Furniture Studio. Oh, you guys haven't heard of it? No. Um, <laughs> Brian Benham or Burnham or something. Uh, I watched a video of his, which was like a mid-century modern console table thing, and yeah, just really nice table cool that's all i have to say (laughs) (laughs) so we'll have links to these videos or channels down below um after the show once it goes live um that's about it for this show then uh did you guys have anything else you wanted to add Uh, no more talk out cool one last thing that i want to mention before we go and i should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show but i will over the next couple weeks uh we've talked about a meetup in Brisbane as part of the wood show that's coming up in May. There is now a Facebook event, which we're directing people to. I'll have a link to it below. Uh, At the moment, we're still sort of putting out feelers, trying to get an idea of who's interested. There are a few people who are, so it's looking pretty good that this is going to go ahead. But if you are interested in being part of this, this make this maker meetup in May, uh, down below will be a link to the event. And, And yeah, we'd love to have all of you guys there with us. All right, so my name is Robin Lewis from Robin Lewis Makes. I was joined by Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks and Jordan Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio. Uh, thanks very much to everyone in the chat for hanging about and um, getting involved. This uh, episode will be available on YouTube and iTunes and SoundCloud shortly after this. Uh, yeah, just wanted to say thanks again to everyone for joining in, and we'll see you again next Thursday, same time. See ya. Bye.